Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shane needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. The 2006, the 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast and uh, yeah, all the plugs off the top, you already know them. Share the show, share the love, all that good stuff. Guys, let's get stuck into it. The Western Derby was yesterday. Uh, the result on paper looks pretty unflattering. I think we actually all took quite a bit from the game. There's a fair bit to unpack. And also with a few of the media highlights today with Simo doing the rounds, I think there's actually quite a bit to discuss, even though it's only round three. So let's get stuck in. West Coast Eagles, 9 goals, 13, 67, were defeated by Fremantle, 16, 12, 102. Uh, Migs, I'll start with you and then and then we'll bring Keys in shortly. An odd game, even to start. Frio did the better of the scoring in the second quarter, although I'd argue it was actually still pretty even. We were just missing some gettable ones. Third quarter was brilliant, given the context. The context is the injuries. The injuries shaped the fourth quarter as well. And as it turns out, Frio run away with it by quite some distance. But I don't think the scoreboard actually really reflects what we saw or certainly what I think Eagles fans will take away from that game. Yeah, it's probably... It'll be the proudest, I think, any of us will have been with a seven-goal loss. Um, but yeah, that particularly that third quarter, the fight back when they were you know, down to just about none on the bench, I think, um, by the end of the quarter. Um, and you know, it would have been very easy to roll over at that point. Um, but yeah, to fight back, um, had all the play in the latter part of that, pretty much most of the third quarter, but the latter part especially, the ball lived down um, our scoring end. And yeah, um, had our chances, got within, I think, two points at, um, yep. early in the last quarter. But, uh, yeah, obviously ran out of legs. Um, you know, some pretty warm day and no rotations. And, um, yeah, they were putting in. So, yeah, great spirit shown. Um, really impressed by uh, by the fight that they showed uh, in the circumstances. But, um, yeah, disappointing. We're going to lose, a f- lost the game, lost the four points. Frio supporters were... Um, and their players are jumping up and down, literally. But Lost the um, plot, yeah. Yeah, we're very happy to be beating up on a bunch of cripples. Um, yeah, so uh, unfortunately, yeah, lost the game and um, got a few problems coming out of it. But yeah, great um, great show of uh, resilience, I think, is the word that's being bandied around. And mm. yeah, you sort of put that on the back of a really good game against GWS the week before and, and a good fight back against North Melbourne, even though we had a, a dodgy quarter. And yeah, there's... Um, there's definite signs that we can take out of it uh, around, you know, the, the spirit and the playing group and the, the buy-in to the new game plan and, and the new game plan itself. So, yeah, a lot to like there. And I suppose we've got um, uh, we'll have some new players to watch as well next week because there's going to have to be six or seven changes. Yeah, I think we'll have to. Uh, in terms of guys jumping in the comments, look, we'd love to see your comments. We'd love to see your feedback. We're going to talk about the game first and then we're going to talk a bit more broadly in terms of what's the context away from the game. Where do we go from here? Uh, Keys, I'll bring you in on this one. And as Miguel touched on, we got it back 66 to 68. Jack Darling kicked a goal very early fourth quarter. 
from then, it was a 1-40 to 40 run in Frio's favour. And I think that's born out of 18 players available, none on the bench. We had 17 players on the field for brief instances there in the third quarter. The injuries are sort of the story, but what we'll be looking for really is, is that resilience and is that fight back. What did you see in that game yesterday and where have you come away from it, I suppose, in the morning? Yeah, like... A lot of emotions out of that game. There's, you know, there's the probably overwhelming one is the sort of pride in the performance that the players stood up. And I think for a long time last year, that was sort of something that we didn't didn't really see some mm. at times, and it sort of felt like the players rolled over. Where you know, at, at half time uh, yesterday, you probably would have excused them for for rolling over, but they didn't. They stood up. So there's there's a pride in that. There's um, there's some hope to the future because I thought we saw at times with with. We sort of thought we saw the the game plan starting to um, starting to work. You know, there's some there's some work there. Um, there's obviously a, Simpson's clearly invested in the club and mm. the player. He's got the backing of the players because the players don't respond like that if they're not with the coach. So there's there's that there's a strong unity, but then there's um it's sort of sadness at the injuries. There's frustration at the injuries. Um, a sort of element of anger in terms of like fucking just. Such bad luck. I mean, most of the injuries were impact, so there's really not a lot you can do about them. It's just, just, just damn shitty luck. Um, and then I think, you know, during the game, there's probably there was moments where we missed some goals that we might otherwise have got at at sort of some at kind of crucial times. Yeah. Um, and and a couple of really. The umpiring wasn't great the whole game, but there were there was three decisions in particular that I'd put a series of C bombs through that would make the napalm attack in uh, Apocalypse Star look like a fireworks show. I was um, at the game with a Frio mate, and I was trying to be as look. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm a prick at the football. I'll cop that. Don't sit near me or do. Maybe that's maybe people like that. I was trying to be super reserved, quite nice. I'm there, I'm a guest, whatever. The one when Liam Ryan got his head taken off, yep, five yeah. metres in front of me where not an hour before I'd seen Michael Walters, I think it was Gov, who was it, Gov? So running around yeah, like Gov. this, doing this. And then they take it right up the end. Switkowski takes two, three bounces right up the guts. Goal, 12-point swing. And look, as we said, it's a 40-1 to one run they closed on. The legs were going to go at some point, I know. But, geez, emotion I, I think, plays a big part. Yeah. yeah, I think that was at a point. I can't remember I can't remember the exact scoreline. I think um, uh, the, the Ryan one, I think we were I think maybe eight points behind. You're correct. Um, so it wouldn't have put us in front, but it would have got the, the other goal back and would have you know, kept the pressure on Fremantle. And I think not the other the third one was and I don't think it was not long after the um the high tackle on Ryan was the fifty meter. Oh my lord. Yeah. Where yeah, Ryan he's he's <laughs> he he's can't walk hobbling onto the mark and he didn't do it quick Yeah, enough. I, I mean you really it's you've gotta as an umpire, surely you've gotta have some feel of the game. It wasn't as if he was deliberately just dawdling to the place and things like that. And I think that was that took them from fourteen to twenty. I, I'm pretty sure, and that brought, and that was that was it. And I think from there, you know, any any semblance of fight was kind of like that's that's it. We're we're done. And then you know, Fremantle sort of had their little fucking junk time goals. And and what was what had been a really good game and a really good contested game um, kind of fizzled out. And yeah, and uh, you know, it was you know good for the fuck faces in purple there, but. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it. I think as a contest, it sort of it lost a bit because it was yeah our, our guys. You could just say they just didn't have the energy to to come again from twenty down. And I think a couple of those things. Um, I forget what the score was when that Walters that Walters free kick was complete bullshit. Um, oh, that would have been early though. That would have been yeah. That was it. Was in the first quarter. Was in the time. I thought the first quarter, I think, I, I thought by and large we had the control of the game. And that was sort of one. There was there was a couple of shots at goal we missed, a couple of opportunities we lost, which are our fault, not, nothing to do with umpiring or anything like that. Um, and then they got a couple of couple of cheap ones because, you know, we got defenders caught out of the position a little bit and stuff like that. And the Walters one was just like, well, fuck, really? You know, just you're going to cough up a goal like that. That's just that's just crap. But you know, that's but so that's they're the sort of you know, there's a whole gamut of things that that you sort of feel. But now you're just like, well, now where do we where do we go? Mm. And um, but yeah, a really good effort. And it's, I did my for the big footy ones. I did you know my five four three two one, and I had just as hard a time putting down. Like trying to fit probably nine or ten names into five, mm, mm. which ordinarily on a you know on a seven goal loss you probably you probably might be able to find two or three and go yeah well, fuck who, who else do I chewhorn into this I don't really deserve it but I've got to put down five yeah um, again I sort of got to it and um, it really struggled. And then I look through look through the rest of the votes, and the votes are there's a, they're a real mishmash. Like mm, there's not many spread. where you're not finding many where the five four three two one lines up. I mean, there's there actually is like nine or ten players that featured heavily in the in the votes. And I think that's a it's a sign of how people thought the players went. So uh, I've got a couple of comments here that I'd, I'm going to get to in a minute because there's a, a couple of pretty pertinent ones. Uh, nice to see Jay in the chat here. He's making the eight-hour round trip from Jero, so I hope to see the same fight. It'll be interesting, this Melbourne game. And, and look, we touched on it at the start. We'll split the pot up into two this week, so we'll do a, a Melbourne preview later on in the week. Uh, Migs, we'll get to the injuries in a second and a couple of good comments coming through about injuries as well. Uh, interesting queries there. But from the first quarter, because that's what we saw in the Giants game, and we know that the second quarter we broke it right open. First quarter, though, five goals either way and keys has touched on there are a few there that maybe the eagles fans at home wouldn't have been happy about but they went well they went quickly they played on there's a lot of that give and go there's a lot of that running down the wing again uh you know bringing it in board from a game plan point of view before we had all the injuries and everything fell apart what were you sensing sort of in that first quarter early second thinking like okay this is a bit more of a permanent reflection of who we're going to be yeah it, it did feel like um yeah this was the new game plan coming in um it's funny it's coming from some different uh different areas this time jones didn't really get uh involved with his runoff halfback as much as he had the previous mm. week and i think Frio put a bit of work into him um but yeah we did see that you know quick playing on the commentators pointed out at one stage where Hearn took an intercept mark and just went whereas normally he'd um you know he'd go back behind the mark and then maybe chip it side yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're definitely um, trying to move the ball a bit quicker, and that's the the trend around the league. The, the teams that um, are doing the sort of the slow chip kick game style are losing, and that was Frio for the first couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, Geelong are playing that way, and they're sitting bottom of the ladder. So um, yeah, we are definitely um, reading the tea leaves and going the way that the league's going. Um, now, it's not always going to come off, and you're going to have times where you. Know, you're miss kick and turn the ball over in the middle of the ground and get scored against. But um, it's really great to see. I think that the, the players are sort of being allowed to play on instinct and um, and it's fun to watch as well. So, yeah, happier to take the losses and, and take the goals against when we're playing um, that style as opposed to what we saw a lot of the time last year, which was chipping it around the back four or five times and then turning it over and getting scored upon. So, 
um, this way is definitely a little bit easier to start. Uh, big footy poster Bombard here jumping on the comments on Twitch. So g'day there. Uh, thinking bigger picture. I like this one. This is a good one. Thinking bigger picture. The quality of our three games has actually been way higher than a bunch of other games. Geelong, Gold Coast, Hawks, North, etc. Before these injuries, you could have convinced me we'd squeak into the eight. Now that's the sort of optimism that you know I love. So I love to see that. And good to see you in the chat there, Bombard. Uh, a few stats from the game and then Kays, I'll, I'll bring you in and we'll talk some injuries, I reckon, because that was the, the big narrative of the game. The hit outs, we did what we suggested, what we'd hoped, I suppose, on last week's show, which was Bailey Williams and Jake Waterman again. Uh, cop that you're probably going to lose the hit outs. Try and make it up in another way. And I'll tell you what, I reckon they did a fantastic job of that because the hit out numbers, 16 to 69. So a, a nice performance from Sean Darcy and co there. Yet the clearances, 35 to 39. We were minus four in clearances in total. Stoppage clearances, 25-25. So around the ground, leveled out the clearances. Contested footy, 142 to 130. So the Eagles are plus 12 in contested footy on a day where the Ruckman essentially might have not as well turned up, it would appear, on the stats page. But in reality, it's ground ball gets, it's contested footy, and it's tackling hard. So... I'm quite impressed by that. And I'm, as Mig said, you know, I'm sort of thinking, yep, this is a more permanent, more sustainable change at full strength. Now, that's the story at full strength because the Eagles lost Shuey early and he was on track for best on ground in that first quarter and a bit. Two to three weeks with a hammy. They're convinced they're really going hard on that line. It's only a minor hammy, but we know his history, blah, blah, blah. I'll wait and see. I'll be convinced on that one. Gov, uh, Simo tonight said it was a long-term situation. They don't have an actual date for it, but long-term situation. Uh, Cripps, four months, broken ankle. It's his season. Let's be honest. It's his season. Ryan, they said they still don't know the degree. Simo said back. Simo said hammy. Had his knee taped up at one point. I, so we'll wait and see on Ryan, but he did do the warm-up. Uh, what is it? You know, the recovery session today. Chessa, a few weeks, says Ryan Daniels. And Witherden's concussed. Sam Petreski-Seaton as well with a cast on his arm. So Kim, one of the comments here says that uh, Simo alluded to two more injuries of players who finished the game, but were not, you know, fit to continue in, in essence. That'll be Chessa and Sam Petreski-Seaton, I reckon there, Kim. So uh, a tough one to take, Keys, because Shuey was on early and then he got subbed off. Then we lost Gav, then we lost Cripps, then we lost Ryan, then we lost Chessa for a bit and he came back on and Oscar Allen had his knee. I have never seen carnage like that in one game and that is going to shape the rest of the season from a selection point of view. And as we were talking pre-show, it's almost forced the hand. It seems like they were going down that path anyway. Almost forced the hand to just embrace the kids, the rebuild, saddle up, because we're going to be without some mainstays now for a little while. Yeah, well, I think you, I think as a as a football club, you, you kind of accept that you might lose one or two each each week for different reasons. You sort of you probably hope that the injuries are, are minor and you, you don't get any long termers, but yeah, you, you're probably banking on you know most weeks losing a player or two. Um, but to lose what appears, you know, from what Simo said, is that we're going to lose seven out of that game is is pretty pretty unprecedented, and, and at least two of them are going to be season ending or close to season ending injuries. So that's. And two senior, pretty important structural players for us in Cripps and McGovern. So they're going to be hard to replace. Um, you know, Shuey's... Unfortunately for Shuey with his industry, in, in his history, um, there's no such, no such thing as a minor hamstring for him. They're all and they, significant. They asked Simo that on the on uh, 360 today, but he was adamant. Mm-hmm. He went into bat as much as he could. It's minor, blah, blah, blah. But geez, I, th- I think... I think full in- before. 
in essence, I think yeah, it's minor in 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 that yeah, you know, he might he might be playing again in three weeks, but I don't. I'm not going to argue, no. wait and see. But um, he might be back in three weeks. The problem for Shuey is if back in three weeks. You know how how much confidence you are have you got that he's not going to do it again in another you know come back yep. play three or four games and then blow it again because it's. It's it's almost a terminal issue for him now, unfortunately. And I think I think it was on three sixty. He sort mm. of said he kind of he, he said the words his last year. He didn't sort of he softly sort of sort of slipped in there. Chewy um, or Simo? Because he said something similar tonight. He said if this is to be his last year, it may yeah, not be. But he works yeah, so, so hard on being the best version. Said, said, if this is to be his last year, so it's kind of like well, you, you, you know, the writing's on the on the wall. Um, so and then the one the one that really stings is and it's not been confirmed, but it looks is is Chesser. Um because I think Simo confirmed it on the news yeah, after three sixty. Yeah, yeah. You know, several you know, a few weeks. So I reckon that's the that's the one that hurt out of all of them, that's mm. the one that really hurts because in I think in a season where we probably yeah, we weren't really expecting to make finals. <laughs> the one bit of hope you get in a season like this is seeing the young guys come through and develop and Get games into him, and Chess is showing that he needs games. You know, there's there's some ability there, but he just needs to get some touch and confidence and everything like that. So now for him to to, to get three games in, and he started to build. I, I thought his second half was pretty good on one leg, on apparently. Leg. Yeah. Um. He, he covered the most. He covered fifteen and a half k's. He covered the most ground out of all the players on the ground. Jesus. So, um, according to the Telstra tracker on the RFL site, he was yeah. half a K in front of everybody else. And the top five runners were all West Coast players um, in Jesus. terms of distance. Cover. Probably because so, they didn't go off. Yeah, because they would have played 99% so, time on ground. Yeah. So, I think, unfortunately, with Chess, he, he's, he's starting to build and now he's going to lose another block of games. Mm. Um, and that's your, that's your one sort of bit of hope in, in a season. You want to sort of see that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and then uh, Samo, Samo, Professor Seaton, probably put his best two back-to-back games to the, or not probably, put his best yeah. two games back-to-back for the club. Yep. Um, and looked really good. He was good again on, I think I gave him, I actually did give him a couple of votes in the, Yeah. I thought he was really good. And, and he backed up from the week before and he's given us something across half forward. To lose him again now, that's a real blow because he's a guy that you know they're the sort of guy him and Jones and Lord Waterman I said last week they're the guys in that mid-20s bracket that you want to see coming through to, to give us something coming and and now he's perhaps going to miss you know a block of weeks as well so the one thing at least with a hand injury you'll be able to maintain his aerobic fitness but um yeah on a day where Ryan was obviously he got injured later on but he wasn't at his best for most of the game. To have someone else pick up the slack in SPS yeah. and, and give us some inside fifties and give us some quality and, and with think, his delivery, it's yeah, he, he was but, great. I, I thought he was great. There's been a lot of and, and there's been look. I mean, our medical team have caught a lot of flack over recent seasons, and you know, a lot of it's probably justified. There's been some sort of curious, um, some curious things over, but I, I think. Shuey is his hamstrings are basically Swiss cheese, so I don't know. Mm. I, you know, it's I don't know that they can really do too much with that. So I think that's that's kind of just a reality. It's not necessarily their fault, but it's just something. Okay, well that's that's just it. And he was in turbo for probably the first time in a while. He was probably actually playing in sort of turbo mode a bit, um, and it's maybe just a reality. His body's just given up the ghost. McGovern. 
you know, bad luck. You know, there's been a bit of talk that uh, the last week or two he's sort of maybe be, he's had a bit of a niggle. Paddy Sweeney sort of said he passed a fitness test in the day or two before the game, which you don't know if that's true or not. So, mate, you know, did he have did he go in with something and he's just completely blown it, or you, you, you're not you're not sure? But the rest of it, you can't. There's not a lot you a can do about bad luck. a broken no. hand. Bad luck. William Witherden said bad luck. Chesser was a knock to his knee. That's bad luck. Um, Witherden getting crutched. That's that's bad, that's footy. That's bad luck. Mm. There's nothing. You know, you can you can maybe put it on the strength and conditioning for Shuey and Gov, but that's yep. it. That's mm. that's it. And I'm not I'm not convinced that you're really putting it on the S and C for those guys. What you can give the S and C guys credit for is we got down to basically 17. at best eighteen fit men and probably not and probably with two mm. that maybe shouldn't have been out there. And up until halfway through the last quarter, we were outrunning Fremantle. Mm. And you don't you don't do that unless those guys have got have got a really good fitness block. So if you if you want to crack at them, you also have to give them credit because they got those guys to an ability where they could actually run the game out like they did with you know, we used seven I think the stat was we used seventeen rotations in the second half, which is the lowest ever. It's because we had no yeah. one to put on. Seventeen rotations. We used fifty in total, but seventeen in the second half. The fewest in any half of football since two thousand and nine was a stat in the West today. And yeah, you look, you go, right, they were up they were free or up by two, and they kicked a couple of goals. We obviously we discussed that free kick. It wasn't until the 15-minute mark of the last term that Freo got up by 20. So, you know, that, that's a, and then it blew, obviously it blew right out. Um, moving away from the injuries, and I suppose they'll be baked into this as part of the story anyway, but obviously the reality of the injuries is what it is at this point. Can't take it back. Uh, Migs, I'll start with you on this one, and I'll lead off with this comment here. Uh, Meltman's jumped in on Twitter, another big footy legend on, uh, on, on Twitch, I should say. Did they stuff up voting Shuey captain? I get hoping for the best, and he was on until he wasn't. And now this has been sort of a, a discussion around Shuey given his availability. But more so with the captain element, I think that's a good chance to segue into the direction of the club, which is also something that we've kind of... I think the fans have more clarity on it today than we've had in a hell of a long time, both from seemingly a consistent change in game style, plus some of the media duties from Simo today. I think he's been as forthright as he's been in a long time. So Shuey, captain, leadership, that's one element of it from the on-field. But then I suppose at a club level, how do you feel today, I suppose? We're coming off a derby loss, seven-goal loss. You should never feel happy but I think at the very least we almost we have a bit of clarity we've got a little bit of sense of purpose in the club and I at least know what I'm looking out for now going forward yeah I suppose specifically on the shoey one mm. it's a bit tough when you see him get injured and miss you know he's going to miss a bunch of weeks um I don't believe for a second it'll be two to three weeks um no. And you look around the league and a lot of clubs, I think, did Swamp have a, a stat that it was the most changes of captaincy around the league? Uh, must have been close. There's a lot of clubs that have sort of, uh, where guys who are in a pretty similar position to Shuey, you know, having been at the top for a while and... Yeah, it might have been. That's a good point. You know, into last or second last year have... Um, have all handed over the captaincy. So Pendlebury's done it. Dyson Heppel's done it. Um, Dame Zorko. Uh, there's probably others I can't think of. Uh, uh, Rory Sloan. So, um, Heppel, Fife. Fife, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I was only counting uh, the good ones. Canelio um, Award stepped down. It's just... Or Kelly. Yeah. So a um, lot, of, lot of teams have made changes and we 
possibly had that opportunity and missed it. Um, but it's hard to see. Tom Morass is probably the, the next man up, I think. Yeah. And um, with Shuey and McGovern probably both missing a few weeks, he'll have a chance to be Good uh, acting captain at least. So we'll see a bit of that. But uh, you could see on the field, Shuey was trying to lead from the front right up until the moment he went off and, and how frustrated he was when he went off. So... Um, it's voted on by the players as well, isn't it? The captaincy. So I presume so. I think uh, most clubs do. Yeah. yeah, I think he's he's probably got the respect of the um of the playing group, and you know, he obviously feels like he can still do the job. But yeah, it's tough. You know, he's not going to be able to really captain from the sidelines. Um, although after his um after he punched the uh, punched the hoarding and sat there looking a bit sorry for himself, he did sort of pick up and uh, get around the players and um. Sorry, they're you know, getting around some of the younger players and, and you know, trying to g them up a bit. So he was still trying to lead from the bench. Um, so he did the right thing there, but um, yeah, I don't know whether he plays on next year or not. I'm, I'm sure we'll make the change at the end of this year. Mm, yeah, I think so. It's a good comment there that you put up. I think. Yeah, if Tom, um, sorry, yeah. just quickly, if, if it had been Tom Barass, he would have been flogged in the media and on the board for the first two weeks of the season. Comment coming through. I there. think that's perhaps why they maybe went with Shuey for another year because, well, you know, there's a possibility that it could be another lean year. So it's like, well, that's it. Let, let Shuey go through and take the brunt of, you know, if it's, it, it does turn out to be a bit of a shit year, he can take the brunt of it rather than throw it on a on the new captain. And you've already seen, like, you know, Fremantle up until, um, like, last week, there was they were jumping on Alex Pierce saying he's a shit captain and this and that and the other. And, um, you know, the Fremantle Dockers post a vision of Fife rallying the troops with Optus Oval on their captain's run. It was like, you know, lead a Fife who didn't even fucking play that dumb little... Yeah, anyway. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, jumping on danger. So, and I think yeah, it's a good point. The, the rally now is, as you say, Shuey was captain, Garvin Barras were vice captains. So, Grass, by default, is going to be captain for the next, well, three weeks minimum. Default, and, default, default. Um, so, yeah, from a captaincy corner down, um, yeah, yeah I, I think there was a reason why we didn't change. But I think mm. now we've sort of got. We said before we we started this. I kind of feel like yesterday has a kind of a feeling of a bit of a, a watershed moment for the club. There's it, it's. I, I think the noises were. It was sort of soft sounds. It's a rebuild. It's a transition, and we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that. And I think, as you sort of said, badge. You know, with Simo with his media appearances today and stuff like that, they sort of they've shifted a little bit and they're leaning right into it now. And and it's and I'm, and, and maybe it's like for us supporters now, we just go, well, shit, we've we've got no choice. We've just lost two or three. You know, the senior players aren't aren't there, mm. so we're going to have to see the kids. That's what we're going to do, and that's what we're going to have to look forward to. And and I, and I think that perhaps the some of us that had you know harboured hopes of a miracle run to the finals or something like that. They're just going, well, that's not, that's really not there. We just got to have to look for, we've got no choice. We're just going to have to look at the kids and, and take positives like, you know, Ruben Jimmy getting nominated for the rising star and, and, um, you know, the growth of guys like Noah Long and Elijah Hewitt and, uh, you know, some of the other guys that we might see coming up through in the next, the next few games and throughout the mm. year. Another good comment here, and I don't mean to fawn over Bombard, but this is an absolute ripper. And this is the jumping off point here that I'm going to use in a big way because comment coming through, I'm more optimistic about the direction of the club today than any time since 2018. And I think that ties in, 
I mean, I know this is one of Simo's cliches along with synergy, but clarity. I think this is, you know, having all this clarity about where they were headed and the direction of the club and uh, just, you know, touching on it there. The communication from the club has been subpar at best. I think that's being generous. And we've talked about it many a time uh, on this podcast about how they communicate to members, what they bring us in on and all this sort of stuff. Simos 360, once you're done listening to the pod, obviously finish us off and then rate five stars and share it to your friends. But once you're done with that, jump, jump on AFL 360 and watch Simo's segment tonight because he was very good and he was very clear and very forthright uh migs they asked him about his spot about his coaching job they'd asked bevo as well just before this uh, and he said my situation is a bit more unique in that this is my 10th year and we identified as a club two years ago that we were going to transition our list rebuild transition whatever you want to call it the question was asked then am i the right man to take us through the next phase that means now that we look at our style of play because it would be foolish to think that we just keep rolling out the same direction that we've been using and then later on, he said, there'll be a time where it's not me anymore, and that's fine. But my brief at the moment is to build the next premiership list, to expose them to where the game is at the moment and to where the game is going. Now, from my perspective, and I know Simo catches some heat, and I know I catch some heat for being a Simo sycophant at times, but that is as clear, not just a throwaway line, not just a little, you throw the word transition in at the end of a press conference answer. That is a clear embracing of where we're at. Did the injuries kickstart it? Is it in line with where their timeline's been for the last couple of years? Who knows? That's a matter for speculation. But Migs, as Bombard said, as Simo said, and as we sit here after round three, we've got no choice but to embrace the next premiership list at this point. And if that's Simo and if it's not, it'll be what it is. But I guess for me, I just keep coming back to like, you know what? I know what we're in for. The club's owning what they're in for. They don't have their head in the sand. You can't really accuse them of shying away from this one. So I'm actually feeling bizarrely positive out of what is ultimately a very horror weekend of footy. Yeah, a um, bit of a um, recognition and um, and admitting by the club of where they're at and um, retrospective as well that they sort of mm. they recognised a couple of years ago that uh, this was this was coming. Um, it's probably been a little bit a um, little bit quicker and a little bit more um, stark than they would have expected. I think I don't think they yeah. would have been expecting to win two out of twenty two last year. Um, but yeah, uh, and it sort of does explain. A lot of the decisions they've made around you know, signing Simo um, to a massive secret extension and all that, that they, they backed him in. They recognised that uh, that this was coming, that a, a rebuild or a transition or whatever was, was going to be necessary. And they, um, they decided that uh, he was the man to do it uh, rather than bring in or bring in a new coach or bring in an inexperienced coach, um, have, you know, have an experienced guy at the, at the um, helm while you go through that. Uh, at least for the, the first part of it. Um, so, yeah, it takes, um, takes some of the pressure off him. Um, and, yeah, I think one of you guys said before we came on air that uh, if they hadn't done that, if, um, if Simpson's contract was expiring at the end of this year, uh, the, the noise in the press, um, particularly after round one, would have been deafening. Um, and, you know, unless we bounce back and finish in the top 80, probably doesn't coach next year. So... Mm. Um, you can see why they've extended him just to, to cut through all that. Um, I suppose it's a bit disappointing. Um, you know, we, we get on the club about the secrecy and um, you know, not telling the fans what's going on. And yeah, I suppose we can see now maybe why they did that. Or at the very least, they've retrofit a very nice uh, well, narrative yeah. into maybe, maybe that's oh, being think, cynical for the sake of it. I, I think 
what you can see now is the plans. The plans have been there. Mm. They just, you know, they haven't really sort of shown it full. And and I think as fans, I think that's where you know probably some people have been frustrated over the last couple of years because some of the decisions seem at the time seem odd. There doesn't, there hasn't always because you you weren't sure what they were quite doing. I, there, there was a period there where it was like, well, are they trying to get wins or are they trying to build or just where they are? And now you sort of look at it and you you sort of you look back and you go right twenty the twenty twenty one draft we did we traded in uh, Protescu Seaton as you know for a for a late pick you know it was a bit of a junk pick but by and large we went to the you know we got we got Chester and Hoff and Bazo and Jack Williams you know there was a we didn't have a huge amount of picks and because we we just missed finals in twenty twenty one we I think we were ninth you know the picks we had weren't you know great but they were pretty good so we used those and then you know we definitely went to the draft last year they said we're going to the draft this year Mm. you know we're sort of we're sort of moving it's not happening maybe as quick as what people is like but we are moving some of the senior you know we lost redden and kennedy last year we're probably gonna we almost certainly think we'll lose Hearn this year probably shuey um those guys will move on and then in that younger group, the guys that aren't up to it, we're going, we're moving through. So we, you know, we got rid of Nelson Jackson Nelson last year because it's like, okay, well, he's we're seeing his ceiling. He's not going to be there. We're going to move him on. And we got, you know, we we, we moved on a lot of those priority those top up picks and mm. like Nash and Dixon and 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 um, moved on a couple of rookies. Um, and then this year we'll we'll do the same. We'll be some guys that turn around and go, okay, these guys aren't. They're not going to. They'll get exposed this year again, and they'll they'll get to see what they're like, and they'll make a decision at the end of the year where they where they stand. And some of them, you know, they might they're probably not going to stand up, and they'll get moved on. So the plan you can sort of see what it's there, and I think now it's kind of been in a lot of ways it's sort of been laid, laid bare. And now, as you say, we know where we're know where we're heading. We know what to expect, um, and you, you, you don't necessarily get to see the frustrations because like okay this is what we're trying to achieve and it helps that um the players are playing that you know the effort is there and there's a germ of a game plan there that you know that when it works um you know actually looks pretty good mm. well i suppose that's the good part as well which is the optimistic part of of certainly where i'm at it seems a couple of people in the comments are out and i think we're all on a similar page there's these guys you mentioned Nelson Dixon Nash you know the guys we moved on from last year Foley O'Neill you know guys that I want to have a good shot and I'd love for them to be the guys I'd love for Xavier O'Neill because you know what he's looked really good in bursts especially last year and you know he had his round one got a decent opportunity maybe didn't grasp it but he's going to get an opportunity I'd love for Xavier O'Neill to be a midfield fix for us forever I'd love for Sam Petrescu Seaton to be a legitimate option for us going forward there's these guys that are on the fringe there and you know West's coming up I think this is maybe his last year of rookie eligibility what do we do with him what do we do with these guys it won't be as well Jesus I shouldn't say that fingers crossed it shouldn't be as completely destroyed as last year we kind of have a little bit of a clearer picture of here's how they would like to play a little bit more fast tempo a little bit more run from behind amble receives all that good stuff how does Luke Foley look in that system how does Connor West look in that system you know and that's that's the exciting part is okay is it as fun as running around winning a flag no it's not but it's actually a, an opportunity that is there for the players and for the fans. They're saying, look, this is what to expect. So if you set your benchmark to that, you know, we're watching it through that lens. It's just a hell of a lot better than this wishy-washy half-in, half-out stuff we've been seeing sort of over the last couple of years mix. Yeah. Sorry, um, I was kicking the dog to stop him snoring, so he's walked across the room where I can't reach him. So if oh. you can hear him snoring, sorry about that. 
Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, great to see the, um, the the direction the club's going. Um, yeah, agree with everything you said. We've got a bunch of, um, uh, you know, you're talking about the 2021 draft. We brought in Hoff and Chester and um, Bazo from that draft. We brought in five really promising looking guys last year. Um, probably get the draft again. So that's yeah, that's the nucleus of a. Uh, they'd be hoping the nucleus of the next premiership side. Um, added to you know, guys like Alan, who are a bit older, Ryan. Um, mm. Duggan will be you know, getting on as a, a senior player by then, and Barras. So, um, yeah, you can see the you can see the nucleus of a side building, and you can see what they're trying to do. And as I said before, it's um, it's exciting footy to watch when they play it properly. So, um, you know, we were pretty happy in 2018 when we were winning with the kick mark game style. But um, after you know, teams worked it out, and we um, you know, we stopped winning, it was really ugly to watch. So. Um, yeah, this is this is pretty to watch. Uh, it's great to win, and yeah, um, whoever said in the comments um, winning with the kids is fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the danger going forward is the, the the problem now. Up until now, we had we had had pretty good availability. I mean, across the weekend, we had um, from my count, we had um, had fourteen in the waffle plus. Yeah, um, we had. I think it was plus six. twenty-three plus Hoff was held out. So yeah, six, yeah. six players. Six players didn't play footy, um, and that was Williams, Baker, I mean, Jack Williams, Baker, Nat Nui, Nat Nui. Yo, um, Bergil, and... Jamison. And Jamison, yeah. And then Hoff was Hoff was fit to play. Held over. Was held over. So, so that... So we've gone from having 38 players available and that's now going to drop down maybe to 31. Uh, we might get, of the guys that didn't play last week, probably Yo is the only one that would be a chance to come back mm. this week. Maybe Virgil said he was good. Yeah. But, you know, you're sort of getting back to 32, 33 to select from. So you're starting to get to that... We lose Foley through suspension as well. Yes, Foley's yeah, Foley's out through suspension. So you're getting down to a situation where you're perhaps getting below thirty available players, mm. which means your selection pool's not as big. So you you're not got the pressure on the guys in the in the seniors. You maybe don't have the flexibility to bring guys in. And then the waffle, you're going from 14 AFL players down to you maybe seven or eight, and we saw last year just how vulnerable that side is when when the availability drops. And yeah, it's a real shame because we won all three pre, the, the three waffle preseason games. We won all three, mm. um, so they were playing some pretty good footy. And now we go, and they were playing. I saw two of the three games. I didn't see the one on the weekend against Subi because they they started it um, before dawn. Um, and in those games, we actually had patches where you could see the system and you can see what we were trying to do in the AFL. They actually trying to do that in the waffle. There was there was some um, replication of the game plan um, in that. So, but you get that because you've got four young guys that have learnt that system, know how to do it. The problem there was going to go back to you know maybe eight or nine at best, and then you, you know a dozen ammos, and we're going to have that trouble getting that system. So that's where. We we're in danger of having you know going into games where you're going to get some of those eight, nine, ten blowout goal losses, and and that's going to shape you know we're sort of you're patting yourself, patting the team on the back now, and saying oh how good was it because they fought it out, but you know there's going to be games where you know and it might be this weekend like with mm. Melbourne on a good side they're playing some pretty good footy, um uh you, you know those guys that they could potentially get get hold of us with um with a younger with a younger side. So 
it's the guy, the fans are going. We're going to have to keep the faith that when things aren't going so well, that they're, they're still working to a plan. Just because you know one weekend might be a blip, or we might have two or three weeks in a row where we don't go so well until we get some some guys back to stiffen us up. Um, we're going to have to hang in there. Yeah, and I suppose it's that thing of you know I was actually really pleasantly surprised. Everybody always says. Hey, if we lose like that, you know, we'll take it. If we go down fighting, we'll take it. That's all well and good until you lose a derby and you go to work the next day and your Freo mates are gloating at you and whatever. In general, I think most people have come away from the Freo game and gone, said exactly that. You had a crack. We know the situation. We know the context. Go down fighting, happy with that. How many of those quote-unquote honourable losses can you take? And I'd argue there weren't too many honourable losses last season. So I know it'll start to build up. I know the fixture's going to be a bit of a challenge in the immediate next couple of weeks. But the club have laid it out there for us to see. They've said, you know what? This is the direction. This is the plan. Come along with a bit of a bit of a journey. And it's a journey that's a bit foreign to Eagles fans. But actually come along with this journey with us. I'm perversely excited for it. You know, there's some kids. And we'll, we'll get on to Jinby in just a minute. But, you know, there's some kids there that are worth watching. And there's some footy that's worth watching so why not let's back them in uh any final thoughts there migs before we specifically start talking about one of these great kids that we're going to see for hopefully a decade oh when you're talking about the fixture coming up i was just going to say that we've uh we've got the bottom place side in a couple of weeks so um, <laughs> away from home nice, as well. for us. yeah soft kill so don't have to go down to cutting your park so at our yeah at our home away from home at adelaide oval so yeah mark that one down All right, let's move it on and we'll finish things up tonight with uh, a little bit of positivity and we'll pepper this one in because 69 rounds ago, Keys, Oscar Allen was given a Rising Star nomination and uh, every other club in footy's had at least one since then. In fact, they've all had multiple since then, so that's good for clean fun. Ruben Jinby has received a Rising Star nomination. It's round three. He's playing some good footy. I should have become prepared and brought his stats up, shouldn't I? But something like 20 touches and six clearances and eight tackles or something like that. He's on top of the AFL for tackles. He's here, there, and everywhere. He built like a brick shit house for an 18-year-old. Uh, Keys, I'll let you lead us off, and then Migs fire away as well. What do we like, like about this kid? How good to see him actually get a little bit of recognition for the uh, for the work? I'd like it noted that on last week's pod, I actually said Ruben Jimby would get the Rising Star on this weekend. Um, uh, so... I did say he'd be best on ground for us, um, but I think that goes to Kelly. But um, I think you go back to last, you go back to last year, and there was the initial talk with the with the splitting of the pick. There was a mm. you know a fair bit of consternation. There was a lot of people that were you know why are we splitting, why are we even thinking about it? And then when we did it, it was like why did we do that? Um, and there was. A lot of the talk was that we were we were pretty solid on Jimby and would have taken him with our first pick had we not split it, mm. um, and split the pick in the in the hope that he might slide through. And I think there was probably a reasonable amount of intel that goes back into that to know that that was like a reasonable likelihood of happening. Um, but they had the fallback. Well, if he didn't, there were still some other good kids, and we've seen a couple of those guys play some pretty good footy as well. So there was other good. Um, and then on the night, there was a lot of people that thought we might have taken Philippu instead of Gim, uh, instead of Jimby. So it wasn't it wasn't a unanimously popular pick, put it that way. And I think um, there was some concerns over you know he hadn't played a lot of midfield. His midfield numbers weren't weren't huge and, and things like that. Uh, you know, is he just a big athletic beast? Um, so fuck Ann Corns, he hasn't got a clue. Um, <laughs> So 
to see him come out impressed over impressed massively over preseason, mm. and I think he's shown from the first time from the first practice match that he, he came in on that it was like, wow, this kid's got something and his ability to rise. And I think that third quarter where we we came back and, and came back hard at Fremantle, he was a he wasn't a bit passenger on that. He was a he was a key driver on that. I think I heard I think he had ten possessions in that third quarter. I heard today. I'm not sure if that's right or not, but um, I did hear that on one of the shows. So and he gets in, he tackles, he crunches bodies. Um, great kid, really level headed. Um, to think we got him. Um, with a pick that we use and then got Hewitt as a as a bonus is is something else. And I just I think he's headed for a really long. He clearly loves the club. He's mm. changed his family to converted all his family over the West Coast supporters, so they're not going anywhere. So we've got a got a live one, and I think uh, uh, if he stays fit um, for the for the year and plays out, you know, most of the season, yeah, you know, he's a he's got to be a real chance to maybe not win. The, the rising star because you know I think yeah, guys like Ashcroft and um, Sheasel yeah you know, Sheasel maybe but um, you know Ashcroft's the one that's playing in a good side and will perhaps sort of show out and get the publicity but he, you know you're looking at a podium finish for him perhaps so yeah good luck to the kid and um, and hopefully it's not too long before the likes of Longy Hewitt um, join him and, and we get. We get a couple of at least a couple of other nominations throughout the year, and maybe when Chess gets over this knee, he comes back and he gets one for himself as well. Maybe uh, as well. Cully's the other one as well. Cully Hoff. Oh, Cully. Yeah, yeah Hoff. Hoff is, is Hoff? No, yeah. Played too many Hoff games. Played too many games last year. Nah, d- disregard. Nah, he's Hoff will win it this year. You mark my words. Uh, ten touches. For ten touches uh, for Jinby in the uh, third quarter, as you said, there, Keys. Four inside fifties, four clearances, uh, three tackles as well. One of which was inside fifty. So definitely not a passenger in the resurgence. Migs, you mentioned earlier that uh, the Eagles gave Simo a massive secret extension. Does Ruben Jinby give you a massive secret extension? <laughs> uh, no, because it's not secret. Um, right, or massive, or what? Uh, yeah, well, that's um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Keys took all my points there. Um, Really good, um, smart work in the draft. If we we're going to take him at that pick, um, the pick we had, then um, you know, trading back and effectively getting Hewitt as a free hit, and we've done that mm. a few times. Um, Dom Sheed a decade ago, uh, Chesser last year. Well, obviously, the jury's out a bit on that, but we did get. I'm trying to think who we picked up with that. Yeah, so got him effectively for free. So. Yeah, good work. Um, Jinby, pretty much the, the prototypical midfielder these days, isn't he? Six foot three, built like a brick house, just goes hard at the ball. He's going to... Um, Tackles. Yeah, he's basically the um, the Yo replacement. Um, so he gets to learn with Yo for a couple of years and then uh, when he can get on the park and then take over. So it's, um, yeah, pretty impressive and, yeah, put uh, the young guys around him, Hewitt, and you know, hopefully Long moves up into the midfield, put him... Be interesting to see him with Cully in the same side because I, mm. I think they're pretty similar players. Um, but that's all right. We probably do. Uh, probably have two of them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's promising. Yeah, I'm hoping we get at least one more nomination this year because it's been um, been pretty dry since uh, well, since the turn of the decade. But yeah, I don't know. It's you know, when um, when Kane Corns isn't even picking up Jinby as, as a possibility. Uh, it's I don't know who votes on the Rising Star, but it's a bit of a popularity contest, and all the voters tend to be over east. So we're pretty lucky. I was actually I was actually quite surprised because there's a couple of kids that went all right uh, in terms of the east coast and stuff. I think the Hawks had a couple yeah. that went pretty well, but 
in Tassie. Dan so Brosnow had a shitload of it for Essendon. Yep, yep. Yeah, Van Royen kicked three goals for Melbourne as well. So, um, you know, he's, he's done well. He's got a bit of a profile, which is always part of it. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, look, on Cully, I mean, how good we've gone from seemingly none of these guys, or certainly none when Yo's unfit. Now we're saying, can you afford to keep so many of these same big-bodied, young, aggressive, you know, super hard tackling midfielders in the same side? So what a difference a, a handful of months makes on that front. So that's quite nice. Uh, any parting thoughts on Jinby uh, across the board? And then one last one before we go tonight. Similar query, and obviously it's related to the guy we essentially picked up for free, and that's Elijah Hewitt. Uh, just on the kids, are you guys the tiniest bit worried that Hewitt has a bit of the fig jam about him? Nothing that can't be fixed, but can't help but worry. I noticed this trend a little bit on Bigfooty this week. Now, I didn't actually uh, notice it so much at the game. I don't know if this was something he was doing on telly or what the go was. I know he had a little bit of that stuff in the draft build-up, but someone tell me what's the concern here. I think he seems to be going all right, doesn't he? I think I'll knock that out if he does. Hey? Look... He's a confident kid. Um, I, I think everything I've seen in the pre-season where the, the senior players are talking about him and things like that, they sort of say he's pretty humble, he's willing to learn and, and things like that. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where the, the fig jam sort of stuff comes in. Um, in. In some ways, it's not a bad thing because we haven't, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have someone like that in your side. You know, you look at Toby you know, Green. Toby Green, George Degoli. There's a lot of character traits of Degoli's you don't want. Um, Christian you know, Petraka, Dangerfield. You know, there's a few of those guys that. Um, you know, Gilman. Gilman's a fuck. So. Um, <laughs> You know, some of those guys, you, you know, you sort of, you kind of want them. You know, Cousins definitely had a bit of a strut about him when when um, he came in. And I think when Cousins came to the club, I think he was he was a cocky little kid. And Maltas had to knock a few uh, few chips off him early on in his career to, to get. And he did a tremendous good. job, and we never had anything yeah. to say about Ben Cousins ever again, Case. Yeah. And that's so the end of the show. Point of view, yeah, he was he was fine off field. There was yeah, there was a couple of things he should have also knocked off him, but but missed. So yeah, I, I think I, I quite like Hewitt's game. It was a bit of a nearly game. He sort of yeah, um, you know, he had had one set shot that, that he missed, and then there was one on the run that he, he probably liked back. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's willing. He's put. He's quite happy to put his head over the footy and and, and crack in. Um, and he'll learn. He'll be better. He'll be better for it. So um, they've just got to. I think now we just got to persist with him and and sort of don't worry about this. He he was still. He didn't come off the ground in the second half. Mm. So the knock on him was was maybe you know him not having the tank to run out of the game. Well, I think he's shown he's capable of it because he was still he was still out there and he still he didn't come off. So um, with a few rotations and things like that, we can we can afford to have him out there. And he's a I think Simo. I think it was Simo. Was in the presser after the game. This is like he's a power. He's a power effort. He's going to come on in burst. That's the way he plays. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's something to work for. And I'm not at this point. I'm not seeing anything fig jammy that would get me overly concerned just yet. I reckon we might leave it there then, gents. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the early edition, the Monday uh, edition of the show there, which is a bit unique here, but we'll wait and see how things go as, as we shape up for the rest of the week and as we head into that Melbourne game there. Obviously, there'll be some injury news to come, but uh, 
for now, I just hope, you know, maybe we've seen the last of it. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we can field a team this week. Uh, yeah, we've got, what have we got? We've got Jinby on AFL 360 tomorrow night as well, I believe. So if Simo's appearance tonight was anything to go off, maybe that should be some appointment viewing as well. I'm loath to give Fox Footy a plug, but I actually thought it was a really worthwhile uh, segment tonight with Simo. So I would recommend everyone check that out if they if they can. Keys, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. It helped I had Dunstall on instead of fucking Rob. Oh, my God. What a breath of fresh air. He's their best talent. He should be on every show. We'll get him on this show if he's not careful. He's bloody terrific. Uh, Keys, thank you very much. Miguel, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show, sharing your thoughts. No worries. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys later on in the week, hopefully, and, and everyone in the comments. Great to see you. Share the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. It's going to be a bit of a ride here uh, for the next couple of weeks, I think, because the fixture gets pretty difficult. But the club have laid out the map. We're all going to follow it. We'll go along with a bit of a ride with them. So stick with them, stick with us, and uh, we'll talk to you at the back end of the week as we look ahead to the Melbourne Clash. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye. Bye.